0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by
1: fans. Hey, race fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. I am your host, not Renee. This is your boy, Front Row Kenny, and where's Tam and Renee? Their LA schedules are really jam-packed, so we didn't have a chance to all record at the same exact time, but you will hear them later on the episode because they got to give their predictions to Bristol Dirt, which we will get into a little bit later in the episode, and they will join us then. So I just want to preface this episode by saying the intro and the outro of a podcast or any show you're doing is one of the hardest things in the world to do. I don't know how Renee does it, or Tam when she does it, and when I occasionally do it my damn self. That is one of the toughest things in the world to do to me, at least. Maybe it's just me, but that's how I look at it. And that's how I feel about doing intro and outro. That's a tough thing. So kudos to y'all for being able to do it more flawlessly than I can. Hopefully this attempt wasn't too bad, but I hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I had a good weekend. I usually don't talk much about my weekend because most of the time I am home and I am worried about racing most of the time. So that's usually the bulk of that. However, I was, but then I also went home to get my car fixed. My dad fixed my bad wheel bearings, and if you don't know, wheel bearings are a pain. Not in terms of the repair process, but more so what they cause. So that loud sound I was hearing in my car for the longest actually wasn't coming from The right side, the right bearing, it was actually coming from the left. You know, I could hear it on the other side, right? Crazy. I don't know if that's an optical illusion or audio, whatever you want to call it. Some type of illusion in my head made me think it was going to the right side and it was the left side. But my dad got them both fixed. And when I got back in the car, man, let me tell you, quiet? I can't even state that anymore, how quiet that car was. So shout out to my dad for being able to help me out and fix that for him. I'm going to pay your bill. I got you. (laughs) I know you listening, so it's going to come your way. I got you. But just going right into it. It was a fun weekend in Atlanta, right out the gate. That race itself was crazy in its own realm. But before we get into deep dive into Atlanta and what happened this past weekend there, I just want to say, make sure you guys are joining us on Clubhouse. We had a great turnout last week. It was fun. We had quite a few people in there. A lot of my friends, shout out the homie Don Trey. shout out to homie Steve, and shout out Sonny and everyone else who comes in all the time. I feel like I could say everybody's name, but I can't off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah, make sure you guys join us. Make sure you also follow our club. It is NASCAR Talk. If you find us, make sure you look for the one with the black and white logo like we normally have, not the old NASCAR bar logo. That is not us. Black and white logo is us. So make sure you guys find us at NASCAR Talk on Clubhouse. We are on there every Wednesday at 7 p.m. typically, and we talk NASCAR. We just really have a chill time. It's a real chill vibe. If you think I'm laid back, let's step in the Clubhouse. That is even more laid back, and I have been on Clubhouse more than I probably ever have been in this this panini or pandemic. (laughs) So yeah, make sure you guys join us and hop in on the discussion. Talk your talk. You know, that's another opportunity you guys get to interact with myself, Tam, and Renee. So yeah, make sure you join us. But as we hit Atlanta Motor Speedway, we are race number six of the NASCAR Cup Series season. I can't believe we've already gone through six races just that fast, and we've had six different winners. You hear me? Six different winners, which means at the moment, there are only 10 playoff spots that are available, and we got six locked in as of now. Don't know if we'll get to that threshold of having more than 16 winners this season, but at the moment, it seems like we're getting the parody party, as some would call it, right now in the Cup series. It's crazy, but just to kick that off, obviously, we're going to go into the top 10. Ryan Blaney, young Ryan Blaney at that in the body armor, number 12 for Mustang, got a victory, got a win very early, and I told folks that Eventually, that team was going to click. It was just going to take some time. Ever since they made that crew chief swap, I felt like they were going to eventually get better. And and honestly, I think they got better. And it has shown early in the season. And Ryan Blaney drove down, and I mean, he actually drove down Kyle Larson in the late stages of that race. He was on rails that at the end of that race. I don't know what happened with his car and how well it got, but it just got better as the, as the runs went longer and longer. But a second place was Kyle Larson. He led 269 laps at Atlanta. He was taking the field <laughs> and telling them, look, y'all might as well have gone home. Y'all should have never showed up. That's almost a feel I got out of that one when that happened. So it was pretty crazy how good he was. And the craziest thing is he was running the end quote Harvickin line and he was running to perfection. Even him and Cliff Daniels had mentioned that this isn't even the best we have so far, which is the craziest thing in the world. Of course, while Ryan Blaney did run down Kyle Larson, his teammate, Joey Logano, also gave him a little block, helped out his teammate, as teammates normally, I think, would do in any other situation. And of course, Larson was pretty mad about that. He said he hated Joey Logano on the radio, which was a funny soundbite in itself. And yeah, he just couldn't seal the deal that time around. And, you know, that's not the first time I've ever seen Anything of that nature when it comes to someone dominating or having a really strong day, if we go back to one of the more infamous races of all time at Atlanta in 2001 when Harvard got that win, Gordon led 118 laps, but it all came down to I think 0.5 ten thousandths of a second, whatever it is, whatever the decimal number is. That race came down to a photo finish and Harvard got the victory, but Gordon was pretty much dominant the entire day. It can happen like that. So that's kind of what almost happened to Larson, just not exactly in the photo finish fashion. But the remaining of the top 10, Alex Bowman in third. Denny Hamlin came home in fourth. Kyle Busch in fifth. Austin Dillon, that's Tam's homie. He came home in sixth. Chris Buescher, never surprised in the top 10. He came home in seventh. William Byron finished in eighth. Martin Truex Jr. finished in ninth. And Kevin Harvick rounded out the top 10. As Tam would say, notables. Chase Elliott, obviously that is Georgia's son, your current NASCAR Cup Series champion, did not have a great day, had a couple issues, and they were knocked out really early on in the race, and it just seemed like it just wasn't Chase's day, and it's so crazy because he was running well, things just didn't click, had a mechanical failure, and that was all she wrote, and they put it behind the wall, and that was unfortunate that he couldn't get it done at home once again, but he will have another opportunity in the summer to do so in the 400-mile race at, at Atlanta. Another notable Kurt Bush P39, not a great day for him. What happened with him was kind of weird on the restart. Him and Hamlin got together. Hamlin pushed him, got him up against the wall. He, he hit the nose of the car. And you know, once you do that, that's where you start to have your problems right away. And once that air, once you mess with that arrow, it's a wrap. And you know, he was kind of frustrated because on the restart, that's kind of what typically it's happened at some of these half miles is that everyone gets so bunched up and if you get the wrong push from the wrong person and you ain't and you don't catch it, it's a wrap. You may get spun out, you may wreck. So that was an unfortunate deal for him. And speaking of more notable things, even though Kevin Harvick finished in tenth, the reason why I gotta list him as a notable is my buddy Dontre Grapes, a friend of the show, also my coworker at NASCAR, was talking to me about about Harvick and Stuart Haas and said, Look, you know They are kind of in trouble. And, you know, I had to think about it. And it's so weird to think that a guy who just finished 10th, right, is in the trouble state. And as a matter of fact, I think as a whole, Stuart Haas might be in trouble. Usually by this time, I think Harvey has captured a win, whether it's Atlanta or Phoenix. I feel like he always gets a win very early on, and that sets the tone. Obviously, last year he was your regular season champion and they were just clicking him and Rodney Childress. They got it right, right then and there. They were on it, on point, all season long. Obviously, it didn't go- come into a, a actual championship from the playoffs, but it ended in Martinsville, unfortunately, with the last such after that did not work too well, unfortunately. But you have to think about it. So, obviously, Harvick is the only person on Stuart Haas at the moment who has a top 10 finish. You hear me. He's the only person on that team right now who has a top 10 finish. And those top 10s came at Daytona at both races, the Super Speedway and the road course and Homestead, didn't have a good Vegas, finished sixth at Phoenix, and obviously finished 10th at Atlanta. So when you think about that right there itself, it's like, okay, well, what's the worry? Honestly, I feel like there should be some level of panic because he has been that guy at Stuart Haas for the past couple of years. If you look at the rest of his teammates and where they finished that on 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 Sunday, Cole Custer came in 18th, Eric Amarola came in 20th, Chase Briscoe came home in 23rd. Actually, if you go among those guys in all points races, they don't have any top 10s. They don't have any top 10s through six races this season. So that should kind of ring the alarm. Something just isn't clicking with the team right now, and I don't know what it is, but at the way... People keep winning that are not necessarily typical early on in the season where we keep thinking that we're going to get back to the end quote normal of having the veterans win each and every weekend. We keep getting different winners. Obviously, Michael McDowell can be considered a veteran because he's been around for so long. But you understand what I'm saying. We're in that situation where you may not be able to get in on points. You may not be able to get into the playoffs on points. It could happen. It's starting to look that way. Now, we get to the middle portion of the season, which I typically go for the Coke 600. That right there, Memorial Day weekend, it's like, to me, the somewhat halfway mark in the regular season, I believe it is still. Schedule's kind of jumbled, <laughs> all over the place. So be on the lookout by that point. Now, think about it. If we get through 13 races and we have 10 different winners, that leaves six spots open, right? And that could create some problems right then and there for someone on the outside looking in or someone who was barely in to make the playoffs. We could get a situation like that. It's it's definitely possible. So I think that's something you gotta watch for for the rest of the regular season for Harvick and the Stuart Haas the rest of the Stuart Haas company to get it together. Because they don't, they may be left in the dust. And that's not gonna be a good look on their behalf. But just to switch topics and continue to stay with Atlanta. The Saturday race in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And if you're not watching the NASCAR Xfinity Series, you need to. It has definitely been a treat every single Saturday that I have watched. It has been so much fun. And Atlanta itself is a fun track. I don't think I stressed that enough in my previous point. But that track and TV, TV just doesn't do it justice. That's the way I want to say that. TV just doesn't do that justice. You got to see Atlanta in person. If you get a good seat at Atlanta, which isn't really hard to do, I don't think. There's some really great vantage points there. You can watch around the entire track. You can probably find a battle at each corner and at each each little section of the track. That's what I love about Atlanta. Please, Marcus Smith, if you are listening, don't pay that track. Please don't. (laughs) That track is one of my favorite tracks on the NASCAR schedule. Has been for a long time. For me, the draw as a kid was 200 miles an hour going into Turn 1. That was my draw automatically, and I've loved Atlanta ever since. As I got older, and I understood racing more and more, the fact that drivers really had their option of, I can go in the middle, I can go in the bottom, top, or kind of towards the wall. I had my, You had your options to go where you want and where your car was really good at, and that's what I love about it. It's a driver's track. I think that's the best way I can say it. It's a driver's track, no doubt about it, but of course, that didn't necessarily lead to the drama that we had in the Xfinity Series race on Saturday. What happened? Noah Graxson and Daniel Hemrick. They got into it. Noah Graxon has got into it quite a bit since last year and going before that, so this is no surprise. But the biggest controversy out of that entire thing was the pit road incident, where Noah Graxson backed up into Daniel Hemrick's box, which almost hit one of his pit crew members. That set Twitter on fire, just like that. It was Uh, (laughs) it was a firestorm is the most cleanest way I could say that it was crazy because a lot of people thought okay well he needs to get penalized for that and I was in the thought process I thought he was going to get penalized honestly because pit road is already dangerous and you kind of cannot be even more dangerous for absolutely no reason or because you're just mad at someone and I guess when the footage dropped Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregson they exchanged a couple things via Twitter as well. After exchanging hands in real life, <laughs> Noah Gregson said, hey, you can, you know, you can judge this video however you want it. And then Temrick pointed out the one thing of Dan- of Noah Gregson giving him the bird. So that kind of signified, OK, this was done on purpose. Now, obviously, on Tuesday, when the penalty report came out, there was no penalty for him. So nothing happened. He did get called to NASCAR Hall on that Saturday. But I don't know what was said, obviously, but I'm sure there's some like, OK, look. Let's, you, you got to calm that down. There's just a fine line between racing hard and doing things that might put somebody else out in danger. I think that's kind of where that message probably went, but the race was fun. I mean, hey, no Grax's teammate, Justin Allgaier, got the W. That was a great one for him, but the post-race scuffle seemed to overshadow that because I thought Daniel Hemmer got a good, good little punch in there. <laughs> he got a good punch and he also had a real good duck. Like that duck was so clean. So shout out to Daniel Hemrick for that one, cause that duck was nice. <laughs> and then Harrison Burton dabbing him up at the end had to be the funniest thing possible. But yeah, that Xfinity race was pretty crazy in itself, and I'm I'm happy I got a chance to watch that live. It was pretty wild. <laughs> so switching gears, we can talk more about the Cup series. Brad Keselowski and Roger Penske obviously are in talks right now to figure out what the contract extension is gonna be for him. Not sure how long that'll end up being for him, but Roger Penske states that there's no real reason why he wouldn't, and honestly, I don't see any other reason why he would either. I mean, you've got your young guy coming in next year in Austin Cendric, and you are pretty much set. You have your veteran pieces in him and Logano and Blaney, kind of Blaney, not really, but you got your lineup set so you're good to go you got a pretty talented lineup so I think it makes sense that Brad Keselowski signs back and there shouldn't be any issue with that I just don't see him going anywhere else obviously last summer there was a lot of a lot of talks about maybe the Hendrick deal obviously that fell through so we'll see what will happen with that but that's the last thing I have for that portion of the cup series at least breaking down last week but we are going to Bristol dirt this weekend so we're going to have practice for the first time. Practice? Not the game or not the race, but practice. Yep. We're going to have that this week for the Bristol Dirt Race, and that's going to be pretty interesting. My expectation is, let's see what happens. That's all it is. That's how I took in Eldora when the trucks went there. And I said, look, let's see what happens. I enjoyed Eldora. So we'll see how Bristol turns out. We had the trucks and cup racing there, and that should be a pretty fun weekend. I'm not sure who tim renee are gonna pick but i guess that means it's time for some predictions i hope i got that right i I do i hope i did
0: (laughs) it's time for race predictions
1: all right so we are gonna do some predictions renee who you got
2: hey nascar fans renee garcia here from all turns no breaks We are usually doing the podcast together, The Fabulous 3, and The Fabulous 3, I'm talking about myself, Tam, and my man Front Row, Kenny. This week is going to be a little bit different. We're going to make it short and sweet. I'm actually here just to give my predictions, and uh, it's only because all three of us individually have some things going on that we just need to take care of, and we weren't able to get together and do the podcast. Ah, but with that being said, here are my predictions for Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend. And we're doing it dirty style. That's right. And what I mean by that is it is at a dirt track. That's right. Food City Dirt Race. Now, my predictions uh this weekend, I'm going to go, my winner, I'm going to go with the old veteran that I think knows how to win on any kind of track on any given day. And uh that individual and that driver is none other than Kyle Busch. I'm going with Kyle Bush to win this weekend. And I just think Kyle Bush, it's time for him to, I think the veterans number one are going to continue to show up. And I think it's Kyle Bush's turn this weekend. Kyle Bush is going to find himself back in the winner circle. And for my alternative pick, I'm actually going with uh, Chase Elliott, the number nine team. That's right. Chase Elliott, the number nine team is going to be on my alternative pick. Those are my picks. I am sticking with them.
1: Okay, Renee, you always give some interesting predictions. Sometimes we're on the same page, sometimes we're not. But for me, I'm going to take the easiest picks possible. I'm going to go with two dirt guys. I'm going with Christopher Bell to get his second win and to be the first repeat winner. And then for my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe, another really talented race car driver overall, and also a very talented dirt racer. But yeah, those are my picks. I don't really have a history lesson because guess what? We've never done this in the Cup Series. So it's going to be a toss up and we'll see what happens. But with that being said, Miss Tam, how about you?
0: Hey, hey, before I actually give you guys my picks, I know you guys are like, wait, where is Tam? It's a whole long story. I'm not even sure if I will share it when I return back to the podcast. Not that I'm missing because I'm here. I showed up today. To give you guys my predictions but before i give you my predictions i want to give a shout out to front row kenny kenny held it down for this episode life is crazy for renee and i right now but the gang will be back sooner than later so without further ado my picks you already know okay wait do you know of course you know denny hamlin is my pick to win and my alternative, I'm going to take a page out of Renee's book, and I'm going with that guy, the man, Kyle Bush. Those are my picks. And as Renee would say, I'm sticking to them.
1: All right. Tam, you always got some interesting predictions. You, you and Renee, usually, <laughs> usually we already know what your predictions are sometimes, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes you
2: give us that one, we're like, oh, really? That's crazy. And from here, if uh, any of you fans here at Alterns Turns No Breaks have predictions that you want to give us, hit us up on our social media across the board, at Turns No Breaks. Once again, across the board, that's at Turns No Breaks. Let us know who you think is going to win this weekend. If you have an alternative pick, send that one in too. As always, for myself, uh, Tam, Front Row Kenny, and um, we just, all three of us here at All Turns No Breaks. We wish you the best. Have a safe and wonderful weekend.
1: Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at Turns No Breaks. You can also follow us on Instagram. Follow Tam at IamSincerelyTam on Twitter, and also find Renee at Renee Garcia on Twitter. And of course, you gotta make sure you follow the man, the myth, the legend himself. Not really, but <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Front Row Kenny. I am always talking NASCAR. And I'm also also talking other sports. Talking a lot of college hoops now because obviously the NCAA tournament. But, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for always being listeners of the show, our friends of the show. And we appreciate you. And we hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful week. See ya.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in.